0: It's Joe's Class on 88.9 The Bridge.
1: January 9th, 2014. Still getting used to the 2014 thing. You are listening to Joe's Class, the only high school class where the lessons are taught live on the radio that we know of my name is joe brian i am the teacher but the real stars around here are the students and i'm joined by two bona fide stars this morning uh dylan Show and maggie blum uh dylan's a senior maggie's a junior and they both want to do this and i mean do this uh may be like me for the rest of their lives who knows uh two of uh, my most accomplished broadcasting students good morning dylan good morning maggie good morning joe good
2: morning joe i'm so flattered that you would say that about us on air
1: (laughs) well you guys are awesome and uh and frankly uh that's the reason i i do what we're doing right now is uh because i'm so inspired by you guys and i finally got so tired of Watching you have all the fun, it's like okay, it's time for me to get back on the radio. I was about
3: to say it before we went on. This is the first time I think I've went live. With I've you,
2: never Joe. seen you on the radio before, Joe.
1: Well, it, this is—it's kind of—it's a, a couple of reasons for this, and one is because I love to do it, and I think the best way to teach it is just to get in here and do it with you. Yeah, it, learn by doing, lead in, by example, exactly. In the education world, we call it modeling. So Joe's class is a learning lab. It is uh, something we're going to do for. An an hour a week. We're, we're mostly going to have the students take the airwaves but I want to highlight some of the great work you guys have done and uh, and just uh, hang out with you a little bit in a not classroom setting where I'm sitting there going this lesson needs to be done. Uh, you you didn't I don't get, think
2: you do that a lot, Joe.
1: You don't think so? Well, <laughs> I feel better because Dylan made a video and I watched it last night and it's, it's a training video on how to go live, which is very well done, but he's like, make sure you do this so Joe and Natalie don't <laughs> yell at him. <laughs> he said that at least three times. I'm like, do I yell? Do I do I get mad? I don't mean to, and I I will tell you, I get frustrated. And what I get frustrated with is a lack of passion because I have a lot of it, and you two do too. Uh, but when uh, I, I'll never get I'll never get mad about somebody messing up on the controls. I'll never get mad about dead air. I'll never get you know mad about mistakes. What I get mad at is lack of. Caring, you know, and that's what mm-hmm. uh, that's what frustrates me. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> what we're here to talk about today is an even sadder subject. Oh my gosh. Which is the football game last night. Um, uh, and, and there's some sadness and some happiness, and I, and I'm assuming I know both of you guys watched your sports fans. That's yeah. And nice. and, uh, and so I'm gonna just I'll, I'll let you guys give me your take first, and and uh, we're talking about, of course, the national championship game. Uh, Washington Huskies fell. To the Michigan Wolverines in the uh, final score, 34-13. I think the game was a little closer than the score indicated, but maybe not. I mean, it felt like we were in there for a little while, and, and then we weren't, and then we were, and then we weren't.
2: <laughs> it was a defensive game, definitely. I feel like, so in the first quarter, we got stomped on. UW got annihilated by Michigan offense and Michigan defense. The whole game, actually, Michigan defense was just lights out. That was the best I've ever seen them play. Their linebackers were hitting really thick, if you know what I mean by that, where they just, like, followed through on their hits and they got everything they went for. And the offense just didn't show up, I feel like, for you to.
1: And when when that quarter ended, I immediately thought uh, of a quote of one of the, I think, one of the greatest football minds. Can you win a football game in the first quarter? No. No. And, and we didn't. But we didn't win one in the fourth quarter either. <laughs> but that's a Pete Carroll quote that I've always loved, Maggie. You sound like you know a lot about football. It's because you do. Your dad is a, is a coach. Is he is he a linebackers coach?
2: He is the linebacker coach from Richer Island. But... So
1: so we were talking thick hitting linebackers. You know your stuff.
2: <laughs> well, I'm the I'm the youngest of three daughters, and they were hoping for a son on the third one. So my dad just adapted and kind of made me the son.
1: Wow. Well, um... <laughs> so in the second quarter, it got a little better for us.
2: Defensively, definitely, Michael Penix, it's it's crazy that a Heisman contender was playing like that. I was just it wasn't a fun game to watch, I feel like. It wasn't electric. It wasn't it didn't feel like I was watching two undefeated teams.
1: Everything that had gone just like clockwork for us all those passes all those routes all of a sudden looked really clumsy and really yeah awkward. we weren't sharp we weren't sharp at all and I think some of it was due to injury and I guess we 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 might eventually know uh what Michael Penix's injuries were and everything but I think he was even maybe right off the bat he, wa- he wasn't himself
3: and you also had Dylan yeah. Johnson hurt on his first run play of the game he had 11 carries for 33 yards and just compare that to Michigan's rushing game you had Blake Quorum with 134 yeah, Donovan Edwards with 100, Donovan 104. Donovan Edwards showed up. And he put up two TDs back-to-back. So it felt like Michigan just wanted to punch Washington in the mouth from uh-huh. the get-go, and they won the line of scrimmage game, and that was the big part, was whoever's defense could show up. And, you know, Washington did hold them for a little bit. The The score was stuck in time at 20-13, to 13, but... You know, a lot of missed cues, a lot of drop passes from Washington didn't let their offense keep going.
2: Well, I was talking to my dad, the linebacker coach, about this, and he said it was kind of similar to Mercer Island football, what we were experiencing <laughs> this year, where you can't expect a defense to hold a team down when the offense isn't answering, when our own offense isn't returning the favor. You can't expect, because I think... Our drives were way shorter than Michigan, and so the defense was just on the entire time. Yeah. And it, you can't expect a defense to play lights out for more than half the game.
1: And that's one thing about the first quarter I thought to myself, well, at least our defense isn't getting tired because they're just going out there and scoring. <laughs> I mean, but but then they they started to wear us down, and, uh, and it was just a tough game. I went to the Rose Bowl. It was the Huskies in Michigan, I believe 19. I don't know if it – I think it was – the '82 season, so it was the uh, somewhere right in there. I get my '80s. My the '80s are kind of a blur for me, especially <laughs> now that I'm getting older. But it was a lot like that. Anthony Carter just had this huge day in Michigan, tromped all over us, and and uh, I didn't think it was so bad because I was I was a kid. I was with my parents, and uh, oh, I was probably. 17 or whatever and uh we got to go to disneyland and everything but it's a long way to go to watch your team get whooped and we had a lot of people uh, from this school at least a lot of people in our program that made the trip to houston we may hear from some of them uh before the hour at least the day is over but uh it's it's kind of a sad plane ride home after something like that i guess
2: yeah and they played dylan johnson at 75 percent. even the the commentators before the game were saying dylan johnson's at 75 percent an international championship, yeah I get he's a he's an awesome player, but you need all your players at a hundred percent, so play the next guy, a guy who will you know leave us all out there where Dylan Johnson could have gone in for half the plays and you could have put another guy
3: in there yeah, and Fowler and kirk Herbstreet um who were calling the game were had noticed that when they put him back in at seventy percent he just wasn't making his cuts, he was being a lot more methodical with his runs, which is interesting he's not. Like, as a running back, you're just meant to be explosive, get as far as you can. I mean, that's the whole goal, right? Yeah. So putting all the pressure on Odunze, basically, and Polk to run the entire offense. And, you know, Jack Westover had a great game. He's a he kind did. of an okay. underrated tight end. Yeah, 42 yards, five receptions. So it was it was just all put on Penix to kind of carry the, carry the weight. And Dylan Johnson had been a big factor. You know, he had a 1,000-yard-plus rushing season. So when you take that factor out, Washington was kind of screwed.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'll give it to the Michigan D to hold a 14 and0 offense led by a Heisman contender to 13 points. That's solid. impressive, that's solid. And we got so one touchdown in a national championship. It's almost embarrassing i can't lie
1: yeah it, it pains me to say this but michigan is, is a better team i have no qualms with michigan by the way i've never really liked them i didn't like <laughs> bo schimbeckler who was a coach way before you guys were probably even born he wasn't my favorite but i do have I, and i'm just gonna say it and maybe there's no reason for this maybe it's no basis in fact but when i get an opinion about somebody i i tend to Tend to uh, stick with it, and I have I have disdain for Jim Harbaugh.
2: I do too, Joe.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't like the man. I mean, I, and I don't know that he's never done anything personal to me <laughs> or anything, but but uh, the whole going back to when he was the Forty ers coach, I don't like his style. He he he, whines,
3: he <laughs> His plays. fashion style or his, his whole <laughs> well, style. <laughs> it, 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 the way
2: it, he carries himself.
1: The way he carries himself. The things he says. Um, the, the fact that he's been suspended for a couple games for inappropriate, uh, uh, you know, uh, cheating, basically to put it, uh, you know, to put it bluntly. And I've never liked the guy, and I'm a little f- afraid right now, and, and um, I almost feel. Not, I, I don't want to speak this because I don't want it to come true, and I'm not sure what I'll do if it does. But uh, two headlines came out of that game afterwards. One is Michael Pennock's draft stock plunges like a, a like a Boeing uh, like a Boeing after a hole blows in the side of the plane, <laughs> and uh, and Jim Harbaugh has hired uh, a super agent to shop himself to the he NFL. Has. Yep. And uh, when I start thinking about NFL teams with coaching vacancies, I don't, uh, you know, uh, we don't have an immediate vacancy, but we do have a coach who's in his 70s and hasn't uh, really uh, taken us where we want to go for a while. And I have a fear that Jim Harbaugh could conceivably become the next coach of the Seattle Seahawks. If that were to happen... What would we do? I mean, would, would you guys would you guys be okay with that? I mean, you have
2: to root for the home team, so I'm going to be okay. And if he if he can make us win, I'll be okay with it, I guess. But it's not ideal. I I understand why you wouldn't want to say that out into the universe. Don't want to manifest that to come true,
1: Joe. Yeah. How about <laughs> you, Dylan?
3: I'm not as much of a Jim Harbaugh. Uh, hater and i'm i'm less of a seahawks fan so i have less skin in the game to talk about um kind of jim harbaugh landing on the seahawks but if if there's if there's a team that's apparent right now that needs a coach it's the atlanta falcons who Mm -hmm. just fired their head coach so there's a lot of other teams i think that are in more desperate need which is a which is good news for you joe so i don't (laughs) think the seahawks are going to pick up jim harbaugh Pete carroll has been just so fundamental to all the Seahawks' success and all of their um, hiccups right now, and I think they're going to stick uh, with him for now. 72 years old.
2: That is... I don't know a lot of 72-year-olds that are running around. we
3: got a lot of politicians (laughs) who are 72 years old, I can tell you that.
1: Oh, yeah, Yeah. we got some that are are even older, and I'll tell you, uh, I was saying the exact same thing, by the way, 12 years ago or whatever. I even started a campaign... To not hire Pete Carroll, I was, I was, th- yeah, I'm gonna, that's true. I'm going to show my story. season. You started tickets. a
2: campaign. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, I said we cannot hire this guy. He's a same reasons, by the way. He's a cheater uh, because U, USC was under investigation. One of the reasons uh, Pete went to the NFL was because. He, the USC was in big trouble, and he was about to get sanctioned, so he went to the NFL. And I started a thing. I wanted to hire back Mike Holmgren. Mike Holmgren had taken us to a Super Bowl. He, we lost, but uh, I was hoping that he would come back uh, and coach the Seahawks one more time. And I was so anti-Pete Carroll until the day I met him.
2: You met Pete Carroll?
1: Yeah. When he came to town, uh, he came in and he, he was promoting his book, uh, which is a great book. And it's about, a, is it called, a, it's it's like Always Win or, or, or something like that. And it's a motivational book. And, and I, by the way, subscribe to a lot of Pete Carroll's philosophies. I try to teach a little like he coaches by empowering uh, my students and staff and, and encouraging and being a bit of a cheerleader. And when Pete came into the room, uh, just like we are right now in the radio studio, and I shook his hand and he sat down. And the first thing Bob Rivers said to the host was, Joe doesn't like you. He didn't want you hired. (laughs) And he's like, what's up with that, Joe? And and so (laughs) then then, uh, I started listening to this man and I started feeling his vibe and it's like. Jays, I was crazy. Why wouldn't I want this guy? This guy is a winner. This guy is nothing about except positivity. And I became one of Pete's biggest fans and and still am to this day. There's already some grumblings about maybe he's overspent his welcome here in Seattle. And I'm not so sure about that. He's got his, his faults, but I was very, uh, anti Pete Carroll, so maybe Jim Harbaugh could win me over, but I don't think so. I, I just don't think so.
3: What do you think about his parents though? Have you seen the clips of I like interviews? The, they're they're so cute. Of Harbaugh's they're awesome.
1: parents, yeah. no, they were at the game. He, last he night? got to
3: talking to the mic in the uh, celebration ceremony. Oh, his no, dad. I
1: didn't stick around for his celebration ceremony. I didn't it was either. like, that, and I'm done with this. I was in
2: mourning.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I stayed for it because I'm a little more. <laughs> Uh, in the middle between the two uh leaning washington for sure reading on that one but uh what's the saying maggie it's like who's got it better than us is what they say right it's like the harbaugh thing anyway I
1: don't know. oh yeah he, it was i did see that and it was a little corny but the the, the apparently it's been a thing for the a while. reporter the field reporter and i'm not sure what her name was she's she was good but she asked him You know, who's having a better day than you or something? Nobody or something like that.
3: Was it
2: Holly Rowe? I
3: think it was Holly Rowe. I'm
2: interviewing her. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow.
1: Now, that's the other thing. You two, and let's uh, shift a little bit. You guys are just interviewing great people. And Maggie, your dream is to kind of uh, be one of the significant uh, reporters. And I know there's a lot of things you could do in sports. And and Dylan, uh, in fact, on this show this morning, we are going to have a really great uh, local sports reporter who happens to, to be a female. She would be great whether she was a male or a female, but Jen Mueller is kind of the, Field reporter for the Mariners. She she follows the Mariners as, as close as anybody, and you sat down with her uh, recently, Dylan, and, and uh, we're going to play it a little later in the hour, but but what are we going to hear when, when we hear from Jen?
3: So you said it kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, she is the sideline reporter and post-game reporter for both the Seahawks and the Mariners on Root Sports. So she's worked with Dave Sims a little bit. She's She knows uh, Larry Stone. I talked to her a little bit about him. I interviewed him. Uh, Recently as well, but kind of talked about everything that's topical to if you're a broadcaster or not. Uh, She has her own business. She started um, a company called Talk Sporty to me, which is a business consultant uh, consulting company where she empowers professionals to build sports into their daily conversations and how that can be kind of the equalizer in a corporate setting, and also how to become just a better speaker in general. And um, we. There will be a whole segment on it in the future, but how how but how the question "How are you?" is the worst question anybody can ask you, and how to make uh, a one minute success statement in that question. So you'll learn all about that. But I also got to talk to her talk to her about her journey through uh, becoming a sports broadcaster and how being a uh, high school referee or official in Texas. Gave her that next big step to being in sports journalism. So that's a really interesting story. And she was one of like, I, I forget the stat line, but she was one of only like two or three women to ever receive like all something honors in officiating for um, football. So that was pretty uh, interesting fun fact
1: well I'm, I'm interested to hear from her and I love that business getting paid to go into boardrooms and teach people how to sound smart about sports so yeah. they can be better in business that is a that's a winner right there
2: that's a that's a book idea almost yeah that... I my mom has this book because she wanted to understand my dad's games it's called football is for girls and I, I've like opened it a couple times and it's really funny it's it speaks football in like girl language and I think <laughs> There's definitely a market for that.
1: Oh, I, I we, next next time we're on together, I want you to bring that book. Okay. I, I, I would love I would love to hear about that. So we've got Jen Mueller coming up. We've also got lots more sports uh, locally, uh, very locally like right here in this building. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Joe's class, the only high school class where the lessons are taught live on the radio right from the hallways of Mercer Island High School, Mercer Island, Washington. And today in our in our uh, Ed Pepple Pavilion, our gym, uh, we've got the Mercer Island boys taking on our arch-rival Bellevue Wolverines in basketball. And I, I lost track a little over the break, but I'm sure you guys are keeping tabs. Uh, we've got a pretty good team this year, it looks like.
3: Definitely. They've won their past three games, one in OT in California. They went to the Tustin Holiday Classic, which is uh, one of the more premier tournaments for high school teams. I believe you have to be invited to it. Um, so they took a, they took uh, three wins and one loss to Cal- Calvary Chapel uh, by about nine points or eight points there, uh, but coming off of a win against Lake Washington by four points that was huge. So they know they've expect they've kind of experienced everything. Um, Sixty to fifty four in OT against Westmont. They were in OT against Liberty. They lost that one. Uh, had the chance to make a three pointer with Cornbloom didn't hit. They lost that game. So they've they've won Kinko games. They've lost Kinko games. I think they're a more experienced team walking into this Bellevue matchup. And What was interesting is that they were supposed to play Bellevue um, earlier in the season. That got moved because Bellevue's football players, who were also playing basketball... Were in the state championship. <laughs> ...were in the state championship. So, you know um well, yeah you got to make
1: accommodations exactly so
3: that got kicked to later than this game this was supposed to be the second matchup between them uh and this one's home so it's nice to get that home game first but the away game is going to be tough for sure uh and then they got lake washington again right after bellevue so hopefully they can walk away with two wins against them but yeah very solid team will mcdonald is doing great uh broke I ble- a record yeah he broke a record he's has an awesome free throw percentage so He's picking up points wherever he is.
1: That's tomorrow. That's tonight. We'll be broadcasting that live uh, right about seven fifteen. Tip off on eighty eight nine, the bridge, and then tomorrow uh, we have the girls versus Bellevue, which we'll be broadcasting. And Maggie, you're going to be joined. Uh, you're going to be on for two hours this morning, live, and the I second am. hour, Caitlin Monahan will be joining you, who is an absolute joy of a person in a heck of a basketball I'd player i'd
2: say she's the best player on that team
1: yeah i would say that that's uh <laughs> that's uh, probably without question and she broke a record over the weekend uh, i was told for like the most three pointers in school history or something
2: like that's that. that's really cool
1: yeah so so we've got a uh, great basketball broadcast coming up uh tonight uh the boys versus bellevue tomorrow the girls uh seven fifteen. i say tip off but you don't you don't tip off in high school do you do you just throw it in or they do for boys yeah they do oh for boys i don't know if they do for girls
3: Um, i've just seen it at boys
2: all what about the boys team they're really resilient is what i've noticed they they've defied odds many many times and i think part of that has to do with the program we have gavin cree he's an awesome coach and then you go back to Pepple days legend Pepple pavilion you bet um Again, my dad, he was coached by Pepple. And I, so I told him that they were in California and he goes, you know, we've been doing that tournament since I was playing in 84 to 88. And I think just having such a, the program with so much camaraderie and I don't know, history just makes for such a resilient and, um, heartful team.
1: Well, they're going to be uh, battling tonight, and Bellevue is uh, is kind of our Michigan Wolverines; they're the rivals. And um, uh, so, if you if you can make it to to the to uh, the campus to see it, great. If not tune in right here and boy i can't believe it we're already to 7:21, and there's so much we want to do we've got jen Mueller coming up maggie you won a a a big award uh uh earlier for a piece you did that won the new york times podcast that i want to play as well uh before the hour's over and it might even save a few lives i'll just say that it's it's about the, the terrible uh fentanyl pandemic that we're in and we'll talk more about it uh when when we uh, uh come back in the next half hour the one last sports story i want to hit on and it's kind of a sports business story is uh tiger woods and nike after 27 years are are shaking hands and and uh, and parting ways and it's an amicable parting i mean tiger tiger has made a half a billion dollars wearing a little swoosh on his uh on his shirt uh so he can't be too upset but how how do you suspect that went and who do you think's deciding to break up with who here?
2: Well, first of all, do we know where Tiger's taking his sponsorship opportunities next?
1: We don't, at least as of now. I haven't checked the wires, but we don't, and uh and I'm wondering it, it, how much is he worth now? I mean, he's, he's yeah. I mean, he he's it's not like he's going to go out there and win another Masters, I don't think. And that's why I'm wondering because I know a little bit about show business and I know a little bit about what happens when you get a little older and maybe your ratings go down and maybe they say, hey, would you like to be a teacher instead of a morning show host? Maybe, you know, Nike said, we got to save this money for for the next big guys. You know, we've got to get a new generation going here. And maybe they they just wanted to cut his pay so much, he just said, you know, I'll go look for another shoe or something.
2: Do you too golf?
3: I do not. I want to though. I want to take lessons.
2: I golf for the high school, and (laughs) I I love golfing. It's kind of it's it's a meditation sport for me because it's more of like a mentally athletic. And um, Tiger, the legend, he's like kind of the Michael Jordan of golf. And I don't know how bad how bad he'd have to drop his ratings, like so you say, for Nike to give him up because tiger is a big name oh people who don't know golf know tiger oh
1: yeah he's 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 definitely i mean don't get me wrong he's he's worth a ton as an endorser still uh uh, nike's probably was between him and michael jordan i'm sure they're getting the two biggest paychecks and it's like okay we we may need to find an nba player or you know somebody that that's relevant um to endorse as you get older you get a little less picky i see peyton manning and emmett uh smith doing uh bud light commercials which is okay but i didn't think there was a time that peyton manning would be out selling beer i mean i thought it was eli no?
3: no, that was Peyton. It was an awesome commercial. Oh. I was a big fan of that one. Yeah, I is
1: think, Eli, I think Eli. Eli might do Corona, I think. Or maybe they both do. Yeah, you're right. At it's some corona. point, it's like, okay, uh, if the check's big enough, I'll put my name behind totally. it. Totally. That, that's a that's
3: a big one for Shaq. Have you noticed how many things he yeah. is oh, on?
1: Yeah. Woo. yeah. And he's got his own set. Man, the Shaq place down there in the Renton Landing, I'm a big, I would endorse the Shaq uh the shack uh, chicken place, that that shack shack the chicken, the shack, shack. Is, yeah, whatever it's called, it's good. And yeah, Shaq's everywhere. The uh, Kelsey's are everywhere.
2: Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, State is Farm are best
1: friends. So I, I'm, I'm fully expecting that you two are going to be big stars, uh, and you're going to get lots of endorsement deals. Dylan Chobe <laughs> and Maggie Blum. I hope. So I want to, I want to, uh, I want when we come back, I want to. Uh, I want to ask you what would you get paid to endorse, and I'm a guy who's got paid to endorse a few things in my day, and I'll tell you about a few and I'll tell you about some that I would like to have endorsed in fact, uh, one of my best clients was Applebee's. Did you guys ever eat at Applebee's
2: Last time I ate at applebee's i you know actually what it was It was the day covid got announced i've been skiing i remember this really vividly i'd been skiing and i got food poisoning and i have not eaten the applebee's since okay no uh,
1: offense to that, <laughs> that's all right and this is a non-commercial station so it's not a commercial for applebee's but boy that would that would that story of not have flown at my old station it was uh, it was
2: good it tasted good i just didn't feel good lately. yeah
1: yeah well i endorsed applebee's uh, for years and then they went away uh, and when we switched stations, we lost the big account. I lost – they used to pay me in food, by the way, too. They give me half money, half food. So I was That's eating – my daughter was raised on that those Applebee's chicken things. And, uh <laughs>
2: chicken things. But
1: but when, when they left, we had to figure out a way for them to come back. So I'll, I'll play you this song. This is a song that, that we made to try to get Applebee's back on our account list. I'll play the song – listen to it tell me if you think it worked and then when we come back we'll talk about a few things that maybe we'd like to endorse i'll tell you a couple things i have endorsed and uh lots more in fact uh we've still got jen Mueller, and we've got uh maggie's a uh, wonderful piece uh as a as a word of warning about fentanyl that's all coming in the next half hour you are listening to KMIH 88 9 the bridge mercer island washington it's joe's class here's my rap song go right to the facts. We're going to talk about stacked, stuffed, and topped. The new Applebee's offerings. Won't you come back to us, Applebee's? Won't you come home? Give me a heart attack just thinking about it. Won't you come back to us, Applebee's? Won't you come home? i on Chocolate chip, cookie sundae, maple, butter, blondie. When did that come along? I hadn't heard of that one. I hadn't heard of that one. I hadn't heard of that one. Baked with nuts, topped with both ice cream and chopped walnuts, served sizzling at the table. It comes out sizzling at the table. Let's just get right to it. Won't you come back to us, Applebee's? Won't you come home? Won't you come back to us, Applebee's? Won't you come home? I'm on my way, baby. We're talking chicken parmesan stack. Country fried chicken. Stuffed with Italian cheeses. Smothered in the spicy marinara. <laughs> That's not good enough for you. Why don't you start with the stuffed meatball. 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 Talk about cheesing fried right. mozzarella won't you come back to us Applebee's? won't you come home give me a heart attack just thinking about it won't you come back to us Applebee's? won't you come home i'm on my way baby and i'm rolling 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 rolling, rolling and down the think you think that got us the business back it's a song (laughs) it's a song that's about the nicest thing anybody's ever said about that (laughs) thank you maggie i I won't say it was my best work but it was basically a big client pitch to try to get the 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 guy the sales guy but i mean very
2: direct pitch
1: yeah i was missing meals i mean i was missing the applebee's money but his kids were missing (laughs) meals because he was missing the commission and we did we got applebee's Back. Oh, it worked? Yeah, yeah. We got them back on board. Don't ask me why they thought that was good, but they did. Um, so so that was one of the things I endorsed. You're listening to KMIH Mercer Island, 88.9 The Bridge. It's Joe's class. And we were talking about Tiger Woods. And uh, he's he split up with Nike after many, many gazillions of dollars of uh, getting endorsement money. And Dylan was saying Shaq <laughs> endorses just about everything. And he's pulled up a list. And you're right. Um uh, there's things that Shaq is endorsed that I've never even heard of, even though Shaq endorsed it. Soup Man is that a is that a machine? Is that a a, Superman? Uh, S O U P M A N. Is that is that what it is?
2: <laughs> no, I don't know what it is. I Muscle have no belt. idea. Some
3: some of these are like we're going to happen, but have not. But some of them obviously like Radio Shack. I believe he's done. Um, J C Penny, Spalding, the basketball. Uh, vitamin water, you know, he's notorious for icy hot. That's on there. Mm-hmm. Pepsi, uh, Wheaties, Reebok, triple he had double old Oreos, spice, right? prop. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Burger King, um, Love Shack, vodka, Gold Bond, Buick.
2: Oh, gold bonds. what I'm thinking
3: of. So of uh, There's a lot. It's It doesn't matter what it is. If the He's check's big it. enough, Shaq on is on it. it. I don't even know if it, it needs to be big enough.
1: Well, well, I think it, it just
3: needs to be there. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and Shaq's a pretty big guy, so it takes a pretty big check. I would have endorsed Radio Shaq. I bought their stock. Everybody laughed at me, and they were right because they went out of business and I lost all my money. Uh, but I was a fan. And I, I will say, I never endorsed something I didn't really believe in. And Applebee's I, I believed in. I endorsed. I'm wearing one of the things... I I, I used to have a shoe deal, not like Nike, not Tiger Woods, but I used to do Brooks commercials and I'm wearing a pair of Brooks right now. Um they used to give me shoes. Now I buy them because I think they're just wonderful and they're a local company. And I yes, this is a non commercial station. These are not paid advertisements, so I'm just telling you what I think. But uh I endorse Brooks. Um, One of my favorites was Purina cat food. My cat Izzy was the Purina cat for uh, three or four years. Like on the bag? Uh, No, not on the bag, but on the radio (laughs) and and, and online and stuff. Like they had pictures of Izzy online and I told a different story about my cat every day. And I got to say uh she lived to be or he lived to be 16 my current cat's a a female so i'm used to saying she but he lived to be 16 he was happy he was healthy he was eating his perina and he was the only cat around that paid rent because he was making good money uh, you know
2: joe i don't you don't strike me as a cat guy
1: I'm you know, I'm I'm a dog guy for sure. If I had to choose, uh uh but you I can have, be both. Yeah, I am both. And I have a cat now. Well it's my daughter's cat, but my daughter's in college, so we're on year three of having Clementine <laughs> at, at home. And I love that cat, and that cat loves me. In fact, um That cat loves football because that cat knows he's going to sit in one place for three hours and pet me. And that cat gets up there and I scratch that cat and that cat uh, just loves it. Uh, but I'm wondering about you guys. You're the future stars. My endorsement days are done. Nobody pays me to say Muggle Shoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest anymore. They should. Well, that was pretty good. Well, I did it for years, and that was me on all the TV commercials for a long time. Really? But, wow. Yeah. Um, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. There's like so many things you have just locked up that
3: like come yeah, out so and they're many like random crazy. Things. <laughs> well, 25, the Joe lore. 25 <laughs> crazy. years of
1: doing radio, and I know we're getting all over the road here, but I, this would be a good time to bring this up. Um Our radio show was inducted in the Radio Hall of Fame, uh, class of 23, and Jerry uh, Levine, one of my uh, dear friends and and a great photographer, has been kind enough to bring this trophy down uh, today. This is the Radio Hall of Fame trophy. It's going to sit proudly in Bob Rivers' uh, studio in Las Vegas, Nevada, but Jerry thought it'd be cool to bring it down here and maybe he'd let me get my picture with it and with some of my students and stuff, so... So that's uh that's another thing we're doing and we'll talk to you about that in a second. But first I wanna get back to the endorsements. What do you, what would you if you could get paid to endorse something, what would it be? What do you love? What are you passionate about?
3: I got two that come to mind straight off the bat. One one is good for me and one one's probably not. Uh the the first that's not good, we'll start there and build our way up. Um, would be dicks. I'd love to get some burgers yeah. for oh, free.
1: Yeah. That'd be cool. Getting paid to I eat I mean, come dick's, on, it's it's bet,
3: local. Man. It's it's from the heart, and it's it's delicious. So I'm gonna go it's with Dix the there, <laughs> and you know it's probably not gonna benefit me in the long run. But would would what, what would benefit me would be Lululemon, so I can oh. work out and get great athletic clothes. Yep, that's, yep, Maggie, I thought of it. Yeah, yep. those are, that's Lululemon. Good. You can go with it too. It's it's an amazing I pick. Mean, it's yeah, like perfect. That is a pretty good. Pick. There's leisure clothes. There's athletic clothes. There's warm clothes. I'm, I swear they make puffers. that just nobody buys them. I, I yeah. feel like everybody
1: buys the athletic they stuff. Make yeah, they make everything. Yeah, they just socks.
3: they've done everything. Really, it's all super comfy.
1: I think those so. were both. You would be a, a, a you would be a great representative for both of those.
2: Huh? I'm gonna have to say lululemon also. Let's go. My mind was kind of blank when you asked this question, but when Dylan said lululemon, me too. I, was, I had to think about it yeah. for a while. I don't know because it depends what from what position I'm endorsing it. You know, if I'm. If I'm a sideline reporter endorsing Lululemon, that's kind of random. But I, I'm i going to go with like a food place that I would want to endorse. I'm going to say um, Ezel's.
1: Mm. Ezel's, another uh, a great option and uh, and some really tasty chicken. If I was going to endorse a food place, and I don't even know the name of it, and, and, and this is, a, once again, not a paid endorsement, but... The little pho place on Mercer Island right here.
2: The one by Riden.
1: Yes. I would endorse What's that called? fried rice all day long. What's that place called? I think it's
2: called I Love Pho.
1: We got to keep that place in business because it is good. And I'm <laughs> a little concerned when I go in there sometimes that I'm there's not a lot of people in there. So I got to say, I, I would definitely do that. As far as clothes... I would endorse sweatpants or anything mm-hmm. with an elastic band uh, they, in the waist. We I call know. those
2: eating pants, Joe. Yes,
1: I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not brand specific, but I would definitely uh, endorse those. My
2: family calls that eating pants. Like when we have Christmas or Thanksgiving, we all change out of our dresses and stuff into our eating pants. Yeah,
1: well, I kind of wear eating <laughs> pants every day, but I guess I'm eating every day, so that makes sense. Uh, the Air Fryer, I, I don't have a particular brand I'm passionate about on that either, but what an invention. What I, an invention. I use the air fryer <laughs> like almost every day of my life. Yeah. And then finally, the watermelon. Who speaks for the watermelon? Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. It is a great you like know, just the fruit. my mom will be yes. on board with you. I there. mean, we have like avocados have a campaign. Sometimes pistachios you know, have the elephant pistachios. The Washington apple. I never hear anybody say anything good about the watermelon, and I think it's just I a... I think
2: it speaks for itself.
1: It is a heck of a fruit. Maybe it doesn't need. Maybe it's just got this viral buzz that it doesn't need any marketing or an endorser. Uh, but I would definitely endorse that. And as far as the animal foods go. Fresh pet. Uh, I firmly believe uh, gave my my dog band at least five or six years of quality life that he wouldn't have had otherwise. That that food is amazing.
2: Is that the food where you? It's like in the fridge. Yeah,
1: it comes yeah. in a, in a big log, and and it's uh, it's really good stuff. So, well, I, we're running out of time, and I do want to play some stuff here that you to feature you guys. Once again, the students are the stars. Uh, I'm just the teacher here, and uh, while I have this uh, great Radio Hall of Fame trophy. In front of me, which is wonderful and it's definitely a team effort and it's really bob rivers i mean this is Bob is the guy who owns this thing it 's going to sit in his house it's very nice of him to include. Uh, Spike and I and the accolades and everything. But Maggie, you won an award that was so well-deserved uh, b- late last year. And you got something from the, the from the Drug Enforcement Administration. Can you tell us uh, a little about the award and, yeah. and what we're about to hear?
2: Well, I started a project about the fentanyl epidemic. Um, you'll hear about it, so I don't need to introduce it that much because it kind of speaks for itself. And I won the New York Times annual podcast competition which was awesome. There was many tears of happiness when I found that out. And then a few months later, the Department of Justice emailed me and we were having a town hall, kind of like the main subject was fentanyl. And they said, do you want to speak at it? And I said, duh. And then when I got there, they surprised me with a award. I got the Young Activist of the Year Award from the Department of Justice.
1: Well, it was very well-deserved. Everybody, and I mean everybody, needs to hear this. Uh, this is such a powerful piece of audio and can really save lives. And I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear that people all over the country have been playing this. Uh, 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 law enforcement, educators, uh, treatment centers. And mm-hmm. let's just hear it. It's called... Uh, the uh, two milligram murderer is what you've called this. And this is a award-winning podcast from our own Maggie Blom sitting right here in the studio. Give this a listen.
2: My name is Maggie Blom. I'm 16 years old and I am deeply concerned by the presence of fentanyl in our world. I'd say that human life sits on a three-legged stool, medical, emotional, and legal. This substance knows exactly how to destroy that stool. My first person of interest here to discuss the legal details is special agent in charge of the DEA, Jacob Galvin.
0: So the U.S. is flooded with fentanyl right now. And where that comes from, it's precursor chemicals that are made in China. That gets shipped to Mexico. Cartels buy that from Chinese chemical companies. They bring it into Mexico and they produce these pills.
2: Agent Galvin said that there is absolutely no way to differentiate what's a fentanyl pill and what's not with just the naked eye.
0: We took pills and we, we, we showed them to chemists and we're like, tell us which one is the real one and the fake one. And nobody could do it. They're that identical.
2: He predicts that the lasting repercussions will be more terrifying than what we're seeing right now.
0: Increase addiction, and that's going to lead to people taking other drugs.
2: Next, I spoke with Dr. John Schroeder, a pediatrician with an unfortunate front row seat to fentanyl's effect on young adults. How does fentanyl affect a person from a medical standpoint?
0: Think morphine, but like 50 to 100 times more powerful. And so it totally eliminates pain, but it also causes kind of a happiness, euphoria, sedation, problems breathing. It can suppress uh, your respiratory drive. It binds to the opioid receptors in the brain very, very strongly.
2: After over 20 years of practicing medicine, this epidemic is the most frightening thing Dr. Schroeder has seen thus far.
0: You know, the sheer number, if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said suicide is, you know, the most common cause of death in my practice. I've always kind of had the conversation of don't do drugs. Yeah. Is, to me it's pivoting to sort of I know you're gonna experiment, I did, just be careful.
2: Finally, allow me to introduce you to an immensely respectable human being, Laura Lynch. Laura's daughter, Brillian was taken from this world too soon at the hands of fentanyl poisoning. She has given me the honor of helping her share her story, an unfiltered depiction of the pain being suffered by too many families right now.
0: On April 3rd of 2021, my precious daughter, Brillian died in her room from taking just one half of a fentanyl pill disguised as a prescription pill. And it was during a little trip that we regrettably allowed her to do for her 18th birthday. She got back Friday night and then on Saturday, she was way off, irritable. I said, why don't you, you know, go upstairs, take a nap? So she went upstairs and I'm in my office and I'm at now in their bedroom just above me over to the side a little bit. And you know, I'm doing whatever my stuff and think, oh, I gotta go wake her up because she's not gonna be asleep to sleep tonight and it was 7.20, and um, I went in her room. She had this like Ottoman table thing in front of a couch in her room, Mm -hmm. and she was on her knees, kind of like draped over like this, sleeping on it. I knelt by her, and then like, I remember the thought, like, she's so cold. But her window was open, and I remember like, oh, it's just, maybe it's cold in the room. So I started gently shaking her, you know, and she didn't wake up, and I'm screaming at her. You know, I can see like her veins, that your skin gets sort of mottled. It's just a weird sort of thing. I couldn't wake her up, so I called 911. And she's on the floor, and these guys are just standing around. And I'm like, why aren't you doing something? And they told me. They were very nice. They let me get down on the floor with her. They let me stay with her until um, the coroner came, until they came to come get her. And I just was, you know, stroking her hair and telling her how much I loved her. they came, you know, it took a while and then they ended up taking her out and I followed them, put her in this truck thing, and I like ran down the street as far as I could till the car was gone.
2: Laura Lynch hopes no parent has to experience the heartbreak of losing a child to fentanyl. Telling her story is one of the many ways she has made it her life's work to fight this epidemic.
0: You have to stay, you know, vigilant and diligent and try to get them help. You know, they're not gonna listen to you, but you, you need to be you need to know what your kids are doing.
2: Experimenting with drugs has become a game of Russian roulette that no one is going to win.
0: Be really thoughtful about how very, very dangerous this is. My message is don't take anything from anybody.
2: Fentanyl is killing at a rate never seen before in history. In 2022, over 110,000 people died from using synthetic opiates. That's more American lives taken than in the Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan wars combined. It's not just killing drug addicts. It's not just killing young people. It's killing everyone. This has been Maggie Blum on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge.
1: Man, Maggie, I've heard that so many times, but every time, it's it just hits you in the gut. That is a really super powerful and super important uh, piece you made there.
2: Well, I couldn't have done it without you and Natalie. You guys helped me produce it. I was second-year radio student. I didn't really know what I was doing with a piece that important, and arguably i don't think i would have gotten this far with it without you guys so thank you
1: well uh you won the new york times podcast which is a wonderful accomplishment but i think the fact that uh, you know that is really i mean that 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 changes the world um you know, me uh, uh, making a song about Applebee's might have changed my bank account a little or something. But that that's world-changing stuff, and that's why I'm so proud of you guys. And we do have uh, my friend Jerry, Jerry and Lois Photography, amazing photographer, uh, who has cataloged a lot of our... Uh, a lot of my life, he's, he's photographed my my, my my kid, my dog, my wife, uh, uh, many of our radio shows, uh, many, uh, uh, many things down here when stars have come. Uh, Jerry, first of all, thank you. You came down here to bring the Radio Hall of Fame trophy into the studio so the kids could see it and we could take a picture. So thank you for coming, for starters. Thank you, Joe, and it's a real pleasure to be invited down here. Always here to help and support you guys. And uh as a guy that's the first time I'm assuming you've ever heard that that's a, a pretty pretty impactful stuff would you say Uh
4: no question no question at all
1: Yeah so uh uh it's kind of a you know it's it's a serious thing um but I'm I'm hopeful uh that the the its whole uh fentanyl thing and and you know and uh don't do drugs kids that's <laughs> that's all I can uh, say about that that's really or really, something. Well, it is seven forty-five. We've got uh, about fifteen more minutes of Joe's class, and I have to go start the actual <laughs> Joe's class, uh, the one that happens in the classroom. And then we will continue with live radio for another hour with Maggie and Caitlin Monahan, and who else is scheduled to be ben up? With Krieger ben
2: Krieger and Tolly.
1: Ben Krieger and Tolly. The one thing we haven't mentioned, which is. One of my favorite things and uh, uh, something we definitely should let you know about is the weather. Um, The S word is very prominent in our forecast this morning. (laughs) And uh, I don't know if you're just getting out the door, uh, definitely uh, uh, be ready for some wind. It's pretty blustery out there right now.
2: There are branches all over East Mercer this morning. I know that. But I'm excited for the forecast of snow because usually... The thought of snow lets us cancel school, so I'm hopeful.
1: The latest is, um, as far as any what, what, what might affect school, Friday, they're just out and out saying it. Right here, even on Mercer Island. Oh, look at that. Dylan's just pulled up the latest. I'm a, I am I love watching the uh, the weather. Okay, that's Snoqualmie Pass. You scared me for a minute there. A blizzard Yeah, warning. I wanted to yeah, see I, how the blizzard was going. Yeah, the uh, blizzard is going. I saw that's that what I was red. Checking. I'm like, if that's Mercer Island, okay, let's go buy some food right now because we're going <laughs> to be here for a while. There is a blizzard warning uh, in Snoqualmie Pass. I mean, as a, we speak right now, and looking at the Mercer Island forecast, uh, they're just saying it, uh, there's a chance of one to three inches of snow, 60% chance on Friday. It is going to be blustery today. We're going to get a little bit of a break tomorrow, but then Thursday, uh, the, the rain and everything is coming and, uh, the rain is supposedly going to turn into snow And we'll just see. But right now, we're looking at a high of 28 degrees on Friday Wow! uh, with snow showers. Obviously, you're not going to be raining. Saturday, high of 29 with snow showers. So uh, it might be a well-timed three-day weekend. We have uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. King's holiday is on. Yeah,
2: four-day weekend if we get
1: Friday off. Yeah, yeah. It's at least a delay for sure. They, They always do it. I'm all for it, and, I'm, and the delays are nice because I don't like making up uh, school yeah. in the summer. Maggie and I will be sitting here. You will be not caring. <laughs> I already get some school off the seniors, in June. <laughs> the seniors get off early, and i got to say congratulations, Dylan Show, because uh, you know where you're going to college, and it's kind of I think one of the your dreams is, is to be a broadcaster, and you're going to the best place. You're going to Syracuse University uh, to As they say, take this to the next level.
3: Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate it. Once again, with Maggie, I couldn't be where I am without you, without that freshman year class. Even though it was, you know, the height of COVID, I still learned how to become a broadcaster and, you know, a podcaster, radio personality, whatever it was um, online and buying my own mic for my own room and doing it fully online so that was where it started and look at where we are right now it's 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 been awesome for sure
2: yeah and have you visited Syracuse
3: I have I've been there twice I visited the first time uh two summers ago so not this past summer but the one before and then I was there for a two-week uh camp this past summer for sports broadcasting so that was super awesome to learn from some of the professors there
2: the commute there is yeah
3: it's it's yeah treacherous you got, yeah, it's a it's a little long, and you got to connect through. You either yeah, on the way direct. back, you got to go through Charlotte, or you got to go, um, you got to go some like Philly, and on the way there, it's through Chicago or you know somewhere else. So it's it's a little annoying, but I you know it's all when worth it.
2: My sister was looking at colleges. They were they went to go visit Syracuse. My mom and sister and they booked their flight for it was like Syracuse, Massachusetts or some random state they liked it they accidentally booked it for something else Oh, and so then my mom was like okay if it's this hard to get to you're not going to
1: Syracuse that's funny <laughs> and if you like snow I think you're heading in the right direction too I think they get a little bit yeah, of it over a there lot. sometimes so well that is that's exciting there's a I, I I feel a little bit like a college football coach or something here because you <laughs> you know you 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 train these players you, you since they're freshmen and then they get to be seniors and they're stars and, and they then, commit for the draft and then they commit. <laughs> yeah and then <laughs> and then, you, and then you rebuild but but you always have your stars uh that are right there like maggie's a junior she'll be back and uh and i'm so excited we have about 150 students in our program here wow. at Mercerow, and i our broadcast program so joe's class is is full of talent and it's not me it's the students you're going to hear a fresh batch of them at eight o'clock and i want to end our hour here uh with dylan's uh interview with jen Mueller. Uh, if this is a a place where lessons are taught on the air you're really going to get and i haven't even heard this yet (laughs) but uh, dylan's given me a preview i'm excited to hear it you're going to get some great lessons and tips from jen um on uh you know on uh on obviously broadcasting but even beyond broadcasting so uh, i'm excited to play that anything else we should do before we wrap it up here and we do have to wrap it up because it's 751 any last thoughts from either one of you two
2: no
3: I I think you're ending it the the way I'd want it to go, <laughs> yeah. Joe. Sounds good with your voice. I well, know
2: going live with Joe is it's a treat because usually it's pretty chaotic when it's just students in here. It's a it's a production, but Joe's Joe's a veteran, so Dylan what? and I are kind of just sit back and relax here. Yeah.
1: Well, it was it's been a pleasure, and I think if everybody agrees and and, and if the an audience and everybody uh, wants it, we'll keep doing this once a week. Uh, for right now, we're going to call it Tuesday mornings at 7 a.m. Just because frankly, they keep me in meetings just about every other morning of the week. And I really don't have any other time to do it. Uh, but enough of me, here's Dylan Shove and Jen Mueller. Whoops. Our computer decides to, there we go. <laughs> Dylan Shove and Jen Mueller, uh, on 88, nine, the bridge stick around after Jen, we've got another hour of live radio. You're going to love brought to you by the student staff of KMIH 88, nine, the bridge, Mercer Island High School, Mercer Island, Washington.
3: This is your host, Dylan Schob on 889 The Bridge, and today I have the honor to sit down with one of Seattle's most recognizable faces. You've seen her interviewing the Mariners post game and sideline reporting for the Seahawks. She's been a sports broadcaster for 22 years on Root Sports. Today, I welcome Jen Mueller to 88.9. Jen started her career producing at Texas Cable News in Dallas after graduating from SMU in her home state, Texas. Then in 2006, she began sideline reporting for college football at Fox Sports Northwest, which led her to Root Sports when the company switched names. Working for Root Sports, Jen joined both the Seahawks and Mariners broadcasting teams, which put her at the center of big moments. She was the first to interview Felix Hernandez after his perfect game back in 2012 and has interviewed countless athletes over the years. Directly connected to experience as a sports broadcaster, Jen is helping businesses master their communication skills. She founded Talk Sporty to Me in 2009, which provides workshops, small group and private coaching sessions, and keynote speaking. One of the main goals is to show business professionals how to leverage sports conversations in the corporate environment. But to kick off the show, I want to start with what I found most unique, which is the fact that you were the third female ever to earn All-American honors as a football official back in college. I'm sure you've talked about this a lot. But you said that your 10 years officiating high school football helped Mm -hmm. lay the foundation for becoming an NFL sideline reporter. What specific aspects or just what in general uh, as part of that career helps you most, do you think, as a sideline reporter?
4: Well, I think that, uh, first of all, thank you for the very kind introduction. Um, That is always fun um, and very humbling to hear. But I think part (laughs) of it is to just show the commitment to the sport and to learning more about the sport. Now, when I was in college, officiating for me was a way to show that I was serious. It was also a way to differentiate myself because when you grow up in Texas, football is king and you've got a whole bunch of guys that played football. I never played football. Uh, my brother did, I was at games, but to show people that I knew the sport and that I wanted to dive deeper in the sport, that's what officiating started out to be for me. I loved the challenge. I loved the competitive nature of it. I love being on the field. I love being in the middle of the action. And I, I do think that it just, it helped me understand the game better, but it brought a level of credibility that I thought I needed at the time. And that still gives me some talking points with guys today um, to show that I, I, do, I do work hard to understand what it is that they do for a living. You know, honestly, that sideline job, it never crossed my mind that I could be an NFL sideline reporter until I saw my colleague get that job. So before I was on camera, I was behind the scenes and I was a sports producer and I spent about seven years at King five and my colleague, Akemi, had left her full-time job. She was the sideline reporter for the team at the time. And I thought, you know, that's really cool. And she does a great job, but if she ever were to leave or didn't want to do that job anymore, I would really like the opportunity to at least audition for it. So I talked to the Seahawks and as a sports producer. I was regularly out at practice. I went to training camps. I went to press conferences. I was at games. And every year before the season started, I talked to the person who was in charge of the broadcast team. And I said, you know, if that job of sideline reporter ever comes open, I would love a chance to audition for it. And I did that every year for six years. And I showed up everywhere they looked. And after six years, Kemi, her husband, is actually one of the play-by-play guys for the Utah Jazz. They moved to Utah, Uh, the spot opened up. I had a chance to audition for it. And I tell people the most important thing about that story is that when you want to be in a job, part of it is about getting your foot in the door, right? And being able to show up, but it's also showing up consistently to the point where people don't remember what it was like before you showed up.
3: What also was similar to the fact that you were a woman, you didn't. You said you didn't play football. You were an official that helped you really gain understanding of football, which is great. Mm-hmm. But that you've said that as a woman in sports, you'd estimate you have less than a minute to be taken seriously in a conversation. Mm-hmm. This being yeah. one, of, one among many motivators for why you founded Talk Sporty to Me and not trying to juice paid advice out of you for free with your company, <laughs> but what exactly has been key for you in conversations and what tips do you have to be taken seriously no matter if you might be a minority, you might not be the gender that plays the sport or uh, you might be different.
4: Yeah, it actually just happened to me last night. I was out to dinner and we were watching a football game on TV and the two gentlemen who were sitting closest to us could not believe that I was interested in watching a football game. And they really could not believe that I um, had any interest, like personal rooting interest in the game. So this still happens. Here's what I would say. It is about the intentionality and the strategy that you bring to a conversation. So I know that not only do I have a short amount of time to make a first impression, but I also have a very short amount of time to grab somebody's attention. So you can't wait for this back and forth to play out and hope that you have something interesting that happens in the exchange. So the number one thing I tell people is to prepare for small talk and deliver a success statement. And a success statement is a one word response to the question, how are you? Because my bet is Dylan, if I were to ask, how are you? Your response is going to be, Good. Do you know that I have given I've asked this question and given this as a presentation topic for 15 years in corporate settings and the top two answers I get are good or great. Now, I want you to think about the question. How are you? First of all, it's a terrible way to start a conversation. Second of all, it is the most open ended question that you could possibly get and we default to one word. Now, there's a lot of different reasons for that, but we we um, rely on conversational norms. So I would say, how are you? You would say, good. Then you would turn it back to me and you would say. How are you? How are you? And then I would say, good. And then we would stand there and try to figure out where this conversation is gonna go, yeah. right? If I only have 15 seconds to make an impression, which by the way, is a broadcast measure of time, right? Short attention spans 15 seconds. I just wasted it. So instead, my response is going to be something like, I'm awesome. I had a great uh, keynote last week and I am excited about um, the latest episode of my cooking show this week, right? Like I'm going to take that moment because that is the most pivotal moment in every single conversation. If that person has time to talk to you or is interested in what you're interested in, you just open the door to a very productive conversation instead of hoping somebody was gonna stumble across the thing that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, it's actually why open-ended questions are the worst questions to ask. Because here's what happens, particularly when you are in my role and you are interviewing people in live TV and radio interviews, nobody wants to look stupid. So if I give you all the leeway in the world and I say, how are you? But I didn't give you the path to go down, You don't know if I'm talking about how are you doing in school? How are you doing personally? How's your day going? How are you physically feeling? How are the holidays? Like, you don't know. And so you're going to take the safe answer. And that's what I would say. Mm. It's the safe answer that people go to. It's the same thing that happens in a post-game interview. It's the reason why athletes give... Generic answer. Answers.
3: The future. Like, do you have anything you want to share on the air about what you plan to do in the future with, uh, in terms of Root Sports, in terms of the cooking show that I didn't even know existed, even though I did mm. some research on you. Like, <laughs> with uh, talks for you me, anything like that that you want to yeah. mention before uh, um, wrapping it up?
4: Uh, the cooking show is a really fun project for me right now. It is probably the most authentic thing that I have ever done because it is really me just cooking in the, in the kitchen with athletes and people in the sports world the athletes, it's wow. it's a lot of work it's called I um, it's a lot of work but it's all the skills that i have developed over the last 20 plus years plus my love of food and wine so you guys forget about the wine as high school students but um it's really fun conversations uh with athletes in the kitchen
3: Seems like kind of a blend of, um, one of your, I'm assuming it's a hobby, but, uh, also an interest and Mm -hmm. your jobs together. So Mm -hmm. a show Mm -hmm. and what you like to do. Um, so that's, that seems like the dream, even though, uh, it's not what your childhood or growing up, your dream was as a job, you said, try to take, you know, not the straight line as it is always. I just want to thank you all. Thank you for coming on one more time. And of course, Uh, Keep listening to 88.9 The Bridge for more music and conversation that spans generations. This is your host, Dylan Schoen.
0: It's Joe's class
2: on 88.9 The Bridge.